This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself, the podcast where we're all trying to love ourselves a little bit more. One of our listeners has said that their self care go to is to masturbate, yes. have loads of packets of sandwiches and pasta salad, eat them <laughs> at the beach, and then masturbate again. <laughs> Hi everyone, we will be fully back from our Christmas break next week with a fabulous new episode. But in the meantime, we've put together some of our favourite bits from previous episodes of Go Love Yourself. There's loads of great guests in there, like Yanoush from Bake Off, uh, sexpert Scotty Unfamous, you know how much I love her. There are some really funny bits, if I do say so myself, and also some really powerful bits as we learn more about loving ourselves and our bodies. So have a listen, and if you want to listen to any of the episodes in full, we'll put all the links in the episode description, or you can scroll through our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. We love you so much, and we hope you've had a lovely Christmas and New Year, and we will see you next week. Enjoy! And in the meantime, if you'd like to support the podcast and get ad-free in early episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Patreon for as little as £1 a week, or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. See you soon! This is really vulnerable. You got this. Dear body... I don't really know where to start. I feel like a bit of a knob right in this. (laughs) But I know I've put you through a lot and I know I owe you an apology. I have abused you emotionally and physically for the longest time. I have starved you, overindulged you, called you the worst names and resented you for holding me back. I didn't move you enough or appreciate what you could do for me in my teens and 20s. I focused instead on the things you couldn't do and how you looked. I resented the muffin top the chunky thighs and the bingo wings. I wanted to cut you and slice you up with scissors. You deserve better. But please know this, I couldn't help it. I'm still learning and I'm desperately trying to treat you with more love and respect, the love and respect you deserve. That said, I think it would be naive of me to promise you the future will be rosy. I think I will always feel betrayed by you for never giving me the chance to be the one thing I always wanted to be, a mother. I care less now about how you look, but instead grieve for the baby I don't have. You let me down on that part and made me feel like less of a woman. The heartache you have put me through, body, my God. I hope it gets better. I hope it gets easier than this. I would very much like for us to be friends, not enemies. I suspect it won't be easy, but I promise I will try to love you more and punish you less. Who knows what the future holds, body, but I guess we're in this together. With love and kindness always, Laura. I don't know how I read that about crying. I'm quite proud of myself because I was a mess writing that. Uh, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't have well. I think I'm. Hopefully, my reaction will be the same as people listening. Bloody hell, that was so vulnerable of you to write. I, honestly, I feel really strange because uh, my heart is so broken for you. For some, oh my god, stop. <laughs> um, for some of that, um, Laura. <laughs> Oh, it's hard, it's hard, isn't it? Like I um, I don't, yeah, I don't like to like bang on about it, the baby, because I feel like I have kind of put it in the past. And I, do you know what? It was like writing it and writing that bit about the baby thing. I didn't realize how much it had affected me, and uh, yeah, it was it was hard to write, but I'm glad mm. I did it. Do you feel better for writing it? I think so. I feel like it's yeah. like opened up like a wound a little bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, it does, it feels like therapy, like free therapy. It does. So, it kind of does. Yeah, this is what, um, I'm so pleased. But my mum actually said that to me. She was like, this this podcast for you both is probably going to be like therapy. Yeah. And I think these letters 100% have. And 
um yeah i just might yeah hopefully i don't I hope this doesn't sound cheesy but on behalf of like everyone that listens to us thank you for writing that letter that was that was a lot but it was beautifully written and i think that there's you've changed a lot as well you're not that person who may perhaps you know was doing all those things so yeah, i think there's a lot of hope for your future thank you my love i love you um can we hear yours oh bloody hell don't know now <laughs> yes i'm hoping my will not make me or you cry <laughs> Okay, so this is my letter to my body. Dear my big-bellied, big-butted and big-boobied body. (laughs) (laughs) Start strong. I should probably start with a big fat soz for covering you in scars from those drunk party girl days. I guess only we'll ever know why I felt the need to crawl around in smashed glass on that night in the first year of uni. And I guess no one will ever know what happened on New Year's Eve 2010 (laughs) when we went missing for an hour and turned up with a big bloody gash on our chest. But at least... (laughs) But at least spending New Year's Day in A&E with our best mate reading a sex book to the whole waiting room was sure fun. We look a bit different to how we did then, don't we? Bigger clothes, pretty sizable double chin, few stretch marks on that bigger belly and boy oh boy does our lower back hurt carrying around these G-cups. It does get us down a bit and it stops us from doing a lot and it even makes us feel ugly and worthless sometimes, probably too much of the time. But we're really working on that. We're working on it because although my hourglass frame from my 20s is a bit more cushiony in my 30s, I'm still the same person I was then. Although pretty sure I'd think twice about rolling around in glass now. I'm just still as awesome and annoying, fabulous and flaky, lovely and loud as I was 10 years ago. I haven't changed as a person, so why do I think I have just because I wear bigger knickers now? You went through so much in such a short space of time, things you weren't meant to cope with, and so you didn't cope with very well for a little while. You ate and you overate because that was your comfort. You couldn't control your thoughts or your memories, but you could control what you ate. This is why we look different to how we did back then. But although I've put you through a lot, you got me here and you kept me here even when I thought it was too hard. When I thought about what to write for this letter, I instinctively wanted to apologise to you and say sorry for everything. But now I actually want to thank you. Thank you for keeping me here and keeping me safe. And I would rather be fat than not be here at all. I would rather wear bigger clothes than not be here at all. I would rather my back hurt and I had photos of my double chin than not be here at all. So just as you're telling everyone else they're fabulous, wonderful and worthy as they are, how about you remember that too? And don't let this 33-year-old skin bag stop you from doing anything ever again. Go on those fun days and nights out, travel, perform on stage, start dressmaking, date, fall in love. You deserve it, girl. You're super great with some super cool scar stories too. Love me. (laughs) Oh, that was amazing. That's so you. Um, (laughs) I just love you so much. I think that just sums up exactly who you are and... I just love you. I think you're a very special person. I think true beauty comes from within. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's so true. And you are a beautiful person. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're here. I'm obsessed with this response. Lauren, are you ready for it? So one of our listeners has said that their self-care go-to is to masturbate, yes. put loads of packets of sandwiches and pasta salad, eat them <laughs> at the beach and then masturbate again. <laughs> Yeah. Is it is it the is it is it the sandwiches? Are they are they some sexy sarnies? 
Um, it's the it's the the pasta salad and sandwiches. <laughs> I love that the pasta sandwiches, the pasta and the sandwiches are sandwiched between masturbation either side as well. Priorities. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah, we start. Uh, yeah. So, yes, girl. Okay. And you know, I think that's a really good form of self care. Actually, a little bit of fun mm-hmm. time by yourself uh, yeah. or with a partner. I think an orgasm is a really good way to alleviate if you're feeling anxiety or if you're feeling blue. There is some medical shit going on with an orgasm that can make you feel a lot better um which leads us very nicely on to uh the other thing we want to talk about today which is the other form of self-care yeah because it, it's something that i think and there'll be i'm sure there will be probably be people listening and going like oh god i don't know like i'm a bit oh mm. this is a bit cringe but um i it's something i'm quite passionate about that like when you're growing up i feel like <laughs> This would be a very awkward conversation to have with your parents, but I feel like no one sits you down and talks to you about female pleasure and like the female no. orgasm. I think as women, a lot of the time we are kind of conditioned to like give pleasure and to like not even worry about like us. And even like if you look at a lot of porn, like I'm talking the majority of porn is all focused around the male pleasure. And they they kind of just use the, the woman as like this vessel and then they just do what they want with her. And so I think that is giving a really, really dangerous kind of, I don't know, like insight for like, especially young people, like boys and girls and young women who are obviously very impressionable. And I, I feel like, like even boys, we should be teaching boys, like make sure you please, like make, like make sure she finishes. I think mm. that's changing a little bit now. And we're like obviously a bit more mm. open as a society. I think being British, I think we're very much like, <laughs> this is not something we talk about uh, at all. And it's something like, I don't really know how much to say, but like I was not comfortable with talking about it. I, when I was growing up, sex was like, dirty like considered like a dirty thing in my household and I don't that sounds bad like but like as in like it wasn't really spoken about we're just very typical British family I think and it was just a bit like oh we don't talk about that and so I always felt like sex was a sort of like a dirty thing and certainly masturbation was I never even on my radar until I was like 24 honestly like, I was a lot older um and yeah it's something that I um only just sort of like discovered very recently and I'm still kind of like feeling a bit weird about it but I don't think we should I think we should be more open about it in fact, Hell you actually yeah. bought me, didn't you, uh, for Christmas? I did, ladies and gents. Uh, a present. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's... How, how's your present, babes? <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> 20 out of 10. <laughs> okay, I am ridiculously excited about today's episode. I'm actually smiling already from ear to ear. Because today we're joined by a very special guest. He stole the hearts of the nation on this year's Bake Off. And we, along with everybody else, just desperately want to be BFFs with him. And literally, I'm smiling too. My cheeks already hurt from smiling so much. We've spoken about how much we love him before. So chances are you probably guessed who it is by now. So a huge go love yourself welcome to Yanish. Hi, Yanish. How are you? Hello. I'm really well. Thank you for having me. And I am actually really chuffed to be here with you. What was your reaction when you found out that you were going on? Like... You get that call, you get that, I don't know how it happens, guys. Is it a call? Is it an email? Is it a carrier pigeon? But you find out that you're going on Bake Off. Like, what was your reaction? Bake Off normally calls you, I think, in April, Laura. Is yeah, right? April. Yeah. This year, me and my boyfriend bought the first flat. So we were in the process of sorting everything, if it comes to mortgage, if it comes to all the solicitors. And I've actually quit my job on Monday to start a new job. And then... 
I remember evening before Bakov called me, we actually talked and we said, I hope Bakov will not call me this year because this is not a year to do Bakov. And of course, draw of luck. <laughs> Next day, Bakov calls you, say you got in. And I actually paused for a very long time and started thinking to myself, you must say something. You must say something. Go on, say something. And I just said, I just said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then I've cried, of course. Then when I hung up with Dan, I was working from home and my boyfriend was, is a nurse, but then he was a nurse in the hospital that was just behind the corner from ours. And I said to him, you must come home now. And he was like, oh my God, what happened? And I was like, don't ask me what happened. You are coming home now. It doesn't matter what you're doing. He came back, saw me crying and he was like, oh my God, what happened? And I went, I got him back off. <laughs> He was very happy, but it was actually the only time he saw me crying. Really? Because I never considered myself an emotional person up until Bake Off happened. <laughs> yeah, it's so stressful. I don't think people realise and understand. Like, yes, it's a really lovely, wholesome show and it's wonderful. But like behind this, it is very intense. Like it takes a physical and emotional toll on you to constantly be baking and like all the recipe development and the, like the pressure of it, it's enormous, isn't it? Definitely the recipe development was the hardest one because I was still working full time. And I remember that once there was a deadline for a recipe, I was sitting there in the evening thinking, oh my God, my head is completely empty. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got all the ingredients, but I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. And as an ex-smoker, my first reaction was, I really need a packet of cigarettes. <laughs> I just went to a corner shop and I remember they started doing those little electronic cigarettes. They are like single use. And instead of actually buying a packet of cigarettes, I bought this little device. And I remember till this day, it was a flavor of watermelon lemon. And the recipe was for the macaroons. So I made watermelon <laughs> lemon macarons. Wow. <laughs> so Just to celebrate me taking on vaping now. <laughs> I want some Bake Off goss, right? What was the behind the scenes? Can you tell us some behind the scenes or some juicy Bake Off goss from your years? They both look so blank and they, they're, 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 those, right, I'm looking at two pairs of eyes right now and those eyes are telling me that you know some stuff and you're not telling us. This is unacceptable. I mean, probably I was the drama this year because I've done some stuff I shouldn't be doing. Oh, like what? Sneaking my own dragon fruit to the tent. <laughs> Did you? Oh my God. <laughs> That was going to be a lot wilder than it was, you know, so I'm not going to lie. It's contraband. It's contraband. Off contraband. <laughs> well, they were very nicely hidden between my baking tins, so no one seen me doing it. One final question for you, Yanush. What happened to the eighth spring roll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what happened to the spring roll. I know what happened to the spring roll. So basically, the spring roll rolled away, went under the baking paper... And I've only deep fried seven. And I was convinced ah. I've made eight because I've actually was counting them in front of the cameraman. And that's why when there were seven on a plate, this cameraman actually went, he actually made eight and he counted on the camera and I was filming it. So they had to go backstage 
and review all the footage from on the cameras Did to see really? what happened. And we had like an hour break because they were like, what's going on? He's not in a deep fryer. What would what, what have happened? Why did he bring seven and he made eight? Yeah, so I've made eight and then, yeah, I basically cannot count to eight without actually going on my fingers. And Oh, that's so funny. We called the police. All right, so today's episode, we, we want to chat about weight loss shows and we are talking things like The Biggest Loser, Super Size versus Super Skinny. They were across the board in most countries, I think, definitely across the pond in America. There were just so many of them, like... Laura, I'm assuming like you watched it. Like, I watched them growing up. Did you watch them growing up? Yeah, massively. I think obsessed is probably an accurate description of how I felt about oh, no. them. Um, me and my mum would watch them like, yeah, religiously. Like, I just, I don't know. I just found them really fascinating. And I look back now and I think how toxic they are. But yeah, they they were everywhere though. Like if it wasn't even, and if it wasn't a weight loss show, it was like a glow up show, you know, like... <sighs> Uh, Snog, Marry, Avoid, uh, The Ten Years Younger. Do you you remember Ten Ten Years Younger? younger. That has given me issues, I'll tell you that one. Yeah, I think that one affects a lot of people. And Trini and Susanna as well. Like, I know we've spoken about this before, like in a previous episode. But yeah, growing up with those was not the one. I was actually uh, bored the other day and uh, scrolling through. I feel like I've completed Netflix, which I know know is an impossible (laughs) task. Well done, me. Uh, Don't you? Congratulations. Yeah, I was strolling, and I think it must be like Amazon Prime, and there were so many weight loss TV shows from like years gone. Loads of like Dawn there. Porter that are still on there. Shut up. Yeah, there was one that like Dawn Porter hosted, and it was honestly, I actually had to turn it off because I was like kind of doing it for research purposes for this episode, but mm. I, I was like, it was really bothering me. And it started off where it was like a group of 10 women between a size I would say like 8 to 12 and they were like we're fighting the flab we're all sick of being fat and cake munchers and then they all got on the scales and all of them were like getting on the scales and they were like oh my god I'm 10 stone 2 pounds and they were like horrified (laughs) and then everyone else was going and I was like my leg weighs 10 stone girls but it was just really toxic also like and again we talk all the time about you can be a size 10 and still hate your body it was the fact that they were collectively all there and all just gasping at each other's weight like horrified like it was the most important thing about them it made me feel really it just gave me the ick I think these shows have got a lot to answer for for diet culture like obviously magazines movies TVs music all of it but these shows and there were so many of them I don't remember that one I loved Dawn Porter as well so I'm really upset but I'm assuming she would do something now I think things have definitely changed we wouldn't see that kind of bullshit now but like like you still can't still kind of erase the trauma that like and the effect that it had like i even started re-watching super size versus super skinny because oh my god i remember that one yeah Mm. there's been quite a lot of talk about that on people showing clips on tiktok i don't know if you've seen those and kind of calling it out for like how bad and dangerous it was and i actually genuinely was thinking i actually didn't think that was that bad and then I started watching it. Right. So the first episode of like the whole, like the first series was they basically lined up the fatties and the skinny minis, almost like they were just kind of like pitting them. against. Well, they were pitting them against each other. Mm. That was the whole point of the show, wasn't it? And then they paired these people off who they thought would kind of, I don't know, help each other or whatever, or no. make good telly basically. So the first wo- woman was this like very slim woman who um, she actually had a very, very bad, like very poor diet. So did he. He just ate like a lot and she didn't eat a lot but what she did eat was crap 
and she, they kind of paired them together and she looked at him and she went wow she's like I can't believe how massive you are like in person like the size of you she's like I'm finding it really overwhelming and you could see her being like physically repulsed by him and then he looked at her and went yeah I can't believe how tiny you are like oh my god and I'm thinking no like this is not okay like on either side um and I think obviously they did it the the kind of like the whole crux of the show was that they made each other realize like that there's a happy medium I guess and again like we're all for health and we're all for eating healthily and I'm not saying that one is better than the other but I just think that it was just obviously yeah it was for television and it was essentially to pick fun at people like but yeah. very much about about bigger people. So I watched a couple of clips on TikTok recently as well, and it was this one guy's food going through, and obviously the the girl was the slimmer person, and her you know very very little food, and she was deficient in a couple of things and stuff like that because she wasn't eating enough. Um, but then this guy's food came in, and it, it it just felt like such shame of like the food yes. being dropped into this fucking glass yes. cylinder. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, there. and it went all the way to the top, and hers like barely came up, like you know like fifteen centimeters or whatever. Like do you know what I mean? Like and it just feel it just felt very shamey and I just mm. and it's so interesting that that show wasn't on that long ago I know and, and for it to now be if that came out now it, it just wouldn't it wouldn't make it yeah. and so I just like we have to take a moment to talk about the fact that how far we you know the diet culture or the anti-diet culture world has come in probably like six years not that long like that's amazing yeah I think we've definitely made progress I think there's still so much more we can do though like oh god yes yeah I was even watching like a program the other day about like it was called Britain's shut-ins it was like Britain's fattest people oh, and, I and hate it was those. about people that are, are, are were like super morbidly obese mm-hmm. and like really struggling like to move and it really was impacting their quality of life but even on the super size super skinny I don't know if you remember that there were segments of that show where they would take the bigger person mm. to meet someone who was in a very large body often in the states and it was almost like here's what you could be (laughs) like here's what you could be and it's like sorry but those people were like not fucking circus freaks like don't be like oh like here's what you could end up like like i just think that was just so wrong like i I really but even those those shows i haven't seen that one but i've seen um it's always on like on Saturday morning one of those like obscure channels and it's things like my 600 pound life and things like that and I do get Mm. the interest in those shows I don't personally like them because I feel like they are intended to shame and make fun of that person a little bit whether that's I don't know how you feel about that but me personally I just think that's what it's for but again I get the interest because it is I don't know. Interesting. Is it interesting though? I mean, I personally do find it really interesting. Okay. Um, as someone who has always like struggled with their weight. Mm. And I think there is like, I don't think like, you know, we talk about representation and I don't think people that are in very large bodies mm. aren't always necessarily represented. But what I don't like is that they're represented like, literally like oh look at the circus freak like here's what you could end up like often what that then results in as well is people going on socials or wherever and being like oh could be worse like could look like that that. and i've seen loads of people that have like stitched those shows where it shows them say someone in a very large body eating like 
I don't know, Big Macs, whatever. And again, you can guarantee that the producers of those shows, they know what they're doing. They're like, do you want, do you want like, like 10 Big Macs? And mm. we'll, you know, we'll feed you that for the camera. And then people go online and they film themselves eating something and then like blind reacting, although they're not, to oh, that. And then they like put then the burger down. Eating. Oh, that's disgusting. Like, oh, maybe I won't eat that. Yeah. And also I think people, some people watch it to make themselves feel better. Like, oh, at least I'm not like that. Gross. It's, it's the whole making fun of people why would do it why why do we want to do that and that's what all these shows really like some of them did or these shows i feel like they do they they poke fun or they're they're aimed at poking fun so you can imagine the you know the sun articles that come out afterwards and the facebook comments and yeah like the tiktok stitches and all that kind of stuff yeah you can just imagine it how are you because i know that you are not having the best day what's going on i mean like i will start this with i'm clearly hormonal because i've been emotional and angry about things that i probably shouldn't be emotional and angry about in the last 48 hours and i don't really know if this is the thing if hormones get worse as you get older like you feel in the lead up to coming on your period whether you feel those emotions so much bigger than i used to like i never used to get Mm. angry now i'm like i hate the fucking world but yeah, today I'm struggling because at the time of recording this, I've sort of listened back to our episode of last week when we spoke about me struggling with the dating stuff and saying that I'm solidly not dating at the minute because of my size, of my body. And I just feel really shit about it today because I'm, I, I hate that I feel that way, one, and then I hate that I feel that way because of the fact that I co-host a podcast all about self-acceptance and self-love. And it's like the biggest, I feel, I feel such guilt about the fact that I don't like my, it's okay. I feel guilt for everyone listening and follows us on Instagram and stuff because I'm like, oh, hey, I'm not dating right now because I don't think my body is worthy of being in a relationship and I know I am and I know it's all silly and I, I promise you this is more emotional because I'm hormonal I think but that's just something that's happening today and there's no like nice answer for it it's just I need to go to sleep and wake up tomorrow morning hopefully in a better mood but also like you're allowed bad days like I'm, I'm I really appreciate you being so honest on here and I know that everyone else will as well because the thing is like neither of us are perfect we don't claim to be and I think mm. that's the problem when sometimes people think oh you're you're body positive or you're body confident or you're an ambassador for that is that you think that it means that you have to love your body every single day and actually that isn't realistic for anyone no matter your size and mm. like we've spoken before as well like about you know if if you could make wave a magic wand I guarantee 99.9% of people would say like if, if you can wave a magic wand and you'd be smaller or in a standard body kind of thing like would you mm. they would say yes and not maybe even because they want yeah. to be but because that's what because of the societal pressures it's just so much easier it's just easier it's just so much easier like the I think we are going to do an episode on this but um just the extra bits of dating when you're bigger are just, you know, I want to go to, um, there's a particular app where they run events every Thursday, uh, like singles events and you go along and I'm like, I'd love to do one of them. But in my head, I'm like, well, I'm going to be going there with all these really slim young girls and like these guys, who are they going to choose? And I don't think that's necessarily an irrational thought. I think that's actually quite factual in a lot of cases, but I'm doing myself an injustice because I'm fabulous and I'm doing people you that are. look like me an injustice because we're all fabulous. I think it, the, the point to make is that it's not always you, is it, and how you feel. It's about the fact that we live in a fat phobic society 
where the worst thing that you can be is fat. And so things like dating, which are scary anyway, no matter what your body, you know, type or size or whatever, is really scary. But when you are bigger, you have that extra kind of like you're wearing it immediately, aren't you? Like, but it's funny mm. because like listening to what you were saying about feelings and I, I genuinely, like, I look at you and I don't see... I don't see a bigger person. Mm. I literally just see like this, be- like genuinely, like I, I just think you're so beautiful, like inside and out. And oh, it's and like, I always say to you, don't I, like you're you. a literal ray of sunshine and you, and you are. Oh, and I, you. I just wish like you could see what I see and what other people see because any mm. bloke would honestly be so lucky to have you. And I think that you're yeah. literally just thinking that because you're in a slightly bigger body that you're therefore unworthy of love. And, I feel like that's ingrained no, so in us, ridiculous. and it is ridiculous. Like I don't mean that in horrible. Like I, you, your feelings are totally valid. No, yeah, no, it's it's stupid. But it is that sad it, that we are made to feel like that. Yeah, it's stupid. It's a thing, and I think for me and a lot of other people, there's some emotional stuff in there about you know like previous relationships and stuff, and you know, cheers, appreciate that. <laughs> like level of just like <laughs> <laughs> commitment phobe now, but yeah, you know, we'll deal with that. It's fine. But I, yes, I'm glad that we talked about that and got that off our chest and talked about that. Sometimes we don't have all the best times in our lives yeah this Um, podcast is like free therapy i love it (laughs) (laughs) so today we have a very exciting episode i am honestly grinning already Uh, and hopefully this deep dive will actually lead to a real life deep dive hey lauren (laughs) god please (laughs) um i am so excited about this i genuinely am we are going to be talking about sex and intimacy and our listeners have wanted this for a long time and both laura and i have wanted this for a long time so we're so excited (laughs) but we are obviously not experts in this so we had to call in the experts so today we have got a wonderful beautiful guest joining us she is a multi-award winning erotic romance author and sex fluencer who's helping people live their best hoe lives so a huge huge welcome to scotty unfamous how are you doing today scotty i'm good how are you guys we're good we're so, so excited ex- <laughs> <Grinning>. absolutely <laughs> grinning no, literally i'm so excited I've, like, i can't wait to see what they're gonna ask like. <laughs> how have you got any tips for my girls out there who also want to live their best hoe life and like how we bet and we've gained weight and we're a bit self-conscious but i want to live my bet i want to have the rest of 2022 i want to be the biggest hoe I've never been a hoe and I want to be a hoe. Tap into your sluttiness. <laughs> like literally go out and just buy stuff that just makes you feel sexy like all the time. Just get used to seeing yourself at this size embodying what you feel is sexy. Like what it did for me personally, I was like, oh, I'm bigger. Okay, yeah, you are, you are in this body. But bitch, guess what? You're alive, okay? When we like worry about putting on weight or whatever, like we're always worrying about outside opinions. The outside opinions that are looking at you regardless if you've lost a bit of weight or you put on a bit of weight it's still you're fat so their opinion of you isn't changing so why do you even fucking care why do we care why do you care exactly just just be sexy as you are now if your body ends up fluctuating if you end up losing weight or putting on more weight or whatever it doesn't fucking matter it's for you to feel good as you are and that's another thing i guess that when if people like start going on on like diets and stuff everybody focuses on oh i just want to be smaller i just want to be smaller but then the thing that kind of gets you fucked up i don't know about you lot but like i've had times when i've like gotten down to like a size 14 and i've been so proud of myself but then also there's the thing in my head you're still fat you're still fat and it's like because i haven't worked through that thing mentally and accepted my body and loved it as it was 
in that moment it was never enough so when i got bigger i was like yeah i'm not going to like be like held fucking prisoner by these two extra stones that i have gained or whatever the fuck like i'm a cute bitch and i deserve to feel like a cute bitch at any size so yeah adorn yourself in ways that make you feel good that make you feel sexy and then another thing is when we go into the bedroom because i remember when i lost my virginity and he, oh, he was so gorgeous <laughs> and if you remember oh, me, <laughs> i'm joking sorry i mean i love my boyfriend <laughs> but yeah um i remember i was in college and there was this guy who was so gorgeous and like he's like oh yeah like come over to me I was like, mm, okay so <laughs> first time being completely naked in front of a boy in my life and the first thing i did like my tits are out my fannies are out i went and i covered my stomach i wrapped my arms around my stomach because i was like oh, i've got stretch marks on my tummy and i don't want them to see it because uh, no matter what you dress yourself in they can already see that you are fat <laughs> so it's so not true. like you're gonna take it off and surprise yeah. that's not what's gonna happen. <laughs> i'm not really a size 10 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, oh, I wore all black because it's slimming. Bitch, you still look fat. But this is the thing. These people already know that you are fat. They like you. All they're thinking, wow, this person that I want to have sex with is willing to have sex with me and they are naked in front of me. Yes. But where they're thinking, oh my God, I don't look, let me suck this in. Let me do that. Is my double chin showing too much? That's not a good angle for me. It's not a fucking photo shoot, bitch. Like, <laughs> no, it's true. Like, You've come in and this person's like thinking, wow, you know, you should lean into the wow as well. Like, be like, yeah, I am sexy. And yet, you're welcome. You do get to look at this. <laughs> yes, come and touch me. Look at how soft I am. Don't, it's like a pillow. I'm like having sex with a cloud. Like... <laughs> it's heavenly bitch like, <laughs> i literally i almost cry i almost cried then because it is like i feel oh my god i think i might cry because i feel like i have been held prisoner by like the extra two or three stone and i'm a sexy bitch yes you are <laughs> look at you in your red lip in your red dress yes look at this and i'm not even wearing a bra for you look at oh, your fantastic. thank you very much <laughs> So we know for a lot of people that our podcast is the first time that you're hearing about, you know, things like body neutrality and accepting yourself in, in bigger bodies or learning about what it's like to be in a bigger body. And like, it's the same for us as well. And something that we haven't really spoken about a huge amount is something called body privilege. And this may be the first time that you're hearing about this term as well. So we're going to talk about it. It's really complicated, but we are going to do our best to, to talk about it and have a really honest chat with ourselves about it, knowing that both Laura and I are not experts on this subject. I think that we need to make sure that that is very evident. We are definitely not experts. But we want to we want to talk about this and we need like it's such an important conversation. It is an important conversation because I think that at the end of the day, it's about protecting people that are in the most marginalized bodies because their experience in the world will be very very different to a lot of other people so when we talk about body privilege like you might be familiar with things like thin privilege white privilege um but it's actually it's quite more complicated than that obviously everybody has things that like make up their identity so things like like race like background all of that and so there are multiple ways in which people can be oppressed and i think one of the things that gets people's back up a little bit when 
we talk about body privilege and they kind of go, well, just because they're bigger doesn't mean that they've got a harder life than me. I've been through this and this and this. It's not saying that. You can still be like obviously thin and have, I don't know, bad skin or be poor or whatever. It's just about acknowledging that those people that are at the other end of the spectrum have to deal with a lot of oppression in the world because of inherent fat phobia and if you're new to fat phobia it is basically literally fear of fat and I think that is something that we have been ingrained into us from a very very young age that fat is bad thin is good it's just little things that you might not think about if you're in a slightly smaller body things like eating in public things like public transport things like being on the beach in a swimsuit without people taking the piss out of you those are all things that when you're in a bigger body are much more difficult and the bigger you are the more difficult it is so it isn't about this kind of one-upmanship which I think that sometimes that's what I mean about when it kind of can get people's backs up a little bit at the end of the day it's what we're all about isn't it it's about kindness and respect for other people and kind of acknowledging and going that's really shit for you and let's kind of voice it and make it a bit easier for you so you don't have to be fat or plus size to be an ally and I think that's really really important but I think I I personally really like it when people call out and kind of talk about like their thin privilege or pretty privilege because it is a thing like it, it really is a thing and we'll come on to that won't we about like experiences that we've had people think that if you're in a bigger body they make these assumptions again with this inherent fat phobia that you are lazy that you are kind of undeserving and that you basically have made bad lifestyle choices whereas if you're thin you could be a horrible person you could be evil you could be all sorts of things but because you're thin people basically will kind of respond to you in a better way and the reason why we are talking about this is as Lauren said is that for a long time I think people in more marginalized bodies have been made to feel like they need to kind of like hide away and hide themselves and have been so mistreated in the world and I think that it's just really important that whatever your shape or size that we acknowledge that and call it out. We're going to be talking a little bit about you know something called a fat spectrum That is not to take away your experience that you as an individual are having in relation to your own body confidence and body image issues. That is not taking away an experience that you had where a stranger or someone that you know and love was horrible to you, no matter what your size is. Our whole ethos with Go Love Yourself is that it doesn't matter if you're a size four or a 34, we acknowledge that 99.9% of women will have body confidence and body image issues and we are not taking that away from you at all your experience and your journey is completely valid and we hope that you continue to talk up about your struggles and know that you will have support and you know shared experience with somebody this episode specifically is really talking about the body privilege that externally does exist for people in smaller bodies that is a that is a factual thing and we're going to talk about it that externally being in a much bigger body and a marginalized so what we're going to be calling marginalized bodies is more difficult because of the world that we live in and things that when you're smaller you might not think about and I'm finding this such an interesting subject as somebody who has been a size 10 and is currently a size 20 because I had really, you know, I did have body image issues when I was smaller. You know, for me, I didn't have as many. But there are things that I would never have given two thoughts about when I was a size 10, 12 that are part of my actual regular day to day. I have to think about life now. I'm bigger. 
So for me, this is very, very interesting and I can kind of see the two sides of the spectrum, but I'm so happy that we're talking about this and it's such a challenging subject. So please do bear with us. If anything that we're talking about makes you feel uncomfortable, then that isn't the point of it. It's more of an educational thing. Like when Lauren says we're going to be talking about something called a fat spectrum, that doesn't mean that you have to use that. I don't particularly like it. I'm just being honest and putting it out there. I don't love it. But this is about education. And I think the more research that I have done for this podcast and for my own kind of good and well-being I just find it really interesting the history of it and we also just want to say that we're not calling anybody out like I said it's not about making people feel uncomfortable but also if it does make you feel uncomfortable maybe like challenge yourself and think oh why does it make me feel like that I saw a comment online from somebody saying they sometimes look at people in bigger bodies and go oh well at least I'm not that big and so sometimes you know like we were saying before about comparing yourself and comparing your body to other people is so normal and it's relative as well isn't it like if you for example were a model you would compare yourself to other models but I think that if you find yourself doing that that's when you need to probably question your internalized fat phobia so all of this is just about education and challenging and hopefully you'll learn something and hopefully we don't completely balls it up and like you said fat phobia is Again, it's another, it's kind of like another buzzword for a lot of people, but it is life. And even Laura and I have spoken about how we ourselves have been fat phobic because it's just in our head, fat, bad, skinny, good. And that kind of is privilege as well. So we have to acknowledge privilege in order to get to a world in which everyone is nice to each other. It's so fucking simple. Just don't be dickheads. But we don't live there right now. <laughs> yeah. I can remember it's interesting you talking about the like how we all are a little bit fat phobic. And I can remember I've just got like a real flashback to watching a video. Remember the days of VH- the VHS tapes? Oh being old. rolled into the classroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually at home though. My mum was preparing me and my brother for like doing job interviews so my brother must have been 16 I must have been 14 and it was one of those really awful videos that you see like here's how to prepare for a job interview so it's the days before YouTube right <laughs> it was dreadful I remember it so vividly and I remember that they showed one candidate walking in and it was like how not the first bit of the video was how not to ace a job interview right so in walks this plus size woman who looks a bit scruffy and she's got loads of carrier bags and she sits down and she's just like hi um, and she's a bit scatty and she's all over the place and then <laughs> and then the perfect candidate walks in and is like slim well dressed well groomed and, and I'm like I, I remember that being like I remember so vividly thinking oh fuck okay fat is bad don't carry shopping bags into like an interview <laughs> don't and I think that that kind of fat phobia is like less now, but I think it's not less. I think it's just less obvious. And I think it's yeah. kind of like less socially acceptable, but I think it still exists like kind of in the backs of our heads. That's um, mad. Yeah, isn't that mad? And it made me really sad because I remember thinking like, oh God, like... I can only get a job am I if not I'm going to be able to get a job? Yeah, and I remember even... When I left uni and I was applying for loads and loads of jobs and I just wasn't getting them, I just wasn't getting a break. And I remember saying to like my dad at the time, dad, like it's just a really shit market out there. Like like jobs are really hard for graduates. There's a million graduates like me with an English degree, like doing like whatever. Apparently he'd said to my stepmom that he wondered if I wasn't getting a job because of my weight, because people were put off. And I have to say at the time it really stung, but doing some research on it, it is actually a proven thing that people who are in bigger 
bodies and and I'm talking like thousands and thousands of, of pounds less than people in smaller bodies so if you're sitting listening to this thinking oh privilege doesn't exist it fucking does, it does. because it, things like jobs careers we are it's that whole fat lazy narrative isn't it that is in itself very lazy of like fat people are incompetent fat people are lazy fat people like don't groom themselves and I've fought for, against that my whole life by like making sure that I look not today but I'm making sure that I look like immaculate hair's done tan on dr- nice yeah. dress nice makeup all of that like designer handbag almost like an apology with like I may be fat but guess what I'm I can look after myself so yeah in the workplace definitely we are discriminated against and also in the medical sense which again I will talk about until I'm blue in the face you literally can't go to a doctor's appointment these days without them weighing you I went for a blood test today and I can see the nurse just looking at me up and down thinking well if you lost them like like well and then oh, she was like when's the last sake. time we weighed you and I was like oh a while ago and I was like I don't mean to read but I've got a puppy at home I need to get home for she was like oh okay then next time why for what reason for what reason and I think oh. that I before I did all the research into like not just this episode this podcast but like before like read lots of books and I was always under the understanding that you cannot be fat and healthy I think that actually that is changing there are some fantastic resources online that talk about basically that you can actually be fat and healthy we talked about before about the health at every size movement I really recommend that you look that up there are actually quite a lot of studies that will show that obesity can actually help prevent cancer and make you live longer it is an honest to god myth that fat people die earlier it like honest to god it like factually scientifically true now that is not to say that weight like you know isn't a factor in health it it can be at either end of the spectrum but you you can be thin and unhealthy and you can be fat and healthy like and again this is what we're talking about layers today privilege all of that but i think that's just really important to acknowledge when we talk about privilege of it's just assumptions isn't it it's just lazy kind of assumptions about people we actually got a message as well i wanted to talk to you about on our instagram about the pcos episode that we did a few weeks ago so one of our lovely listeners said i saw your post about the pcos slash body hair episode and y'all have no idea how much it meant to scroll by someone who looks like me showing their natural face and not pushing diet culture fear or backwards ideas about gender while doing it I'm not out about it, so I didn't feel comfortable commenting on the episode post, but I wanted to say thank you for helping make the world an easier place to be in our own skin. That's got to be the nicest compliment that we could be, get, like, you know, of anything, you know, for people to feel more comfortable exactly who they are. That's just, yeah, it's just so nice and I'm so pleased. Yeah, me too. I had a lot of DMs after that episode as well, saying that from people that were saying that they had PCOS and that they felt really alone in dealing with it and so I'm really glad we did that episode I think it was really worthwhile same totally same and and I've, I've had conversations with people in my life who didn't know that I didn't know that they had it and we talked about it as a result and it was just oh it's just so interesting so so pleased we did it as well and we also had another message from Katie who said I just saw Moulin Rouge today at the West End and I actually got a bit emotional when a plus size woman was part of the quartet who opened the show singing Lady Marmalade. She was wearing the corset, the suspenders, the lot and she looked incredible and so sexy. It just gave me so much hope that maybe things are starting to change and it showed me how much representation really matters. You know, that just goes on so nicely from our chat about Funny Girl last week. Yeah, doesn't it? The lack of representation and I am yet to see Moulin Rouge. I'm seeing it next year with my sister. I cannot wait. But... When there is body representation in a West End show, for me, the vibe of the audience changes and it's amazing. So the shows that I've seen where there's been bigger, 
performers and actors and singers it's just it just feels so much more welcoming like you know when we went to see Legally Blonde mm. in the summer oh such an inclusive cast wasn't the it the cast was so inclusive on all mm. aspects and it was just amazing so oh Katie I'm glad you had a lovely time at Moulin Rouge and we are just so here for more bigger babes on the West End and Broadway. We also saw this post on the Facebook group this week from Becky, who said, I went out with my cleavage on show yesterday. I Ooh. usually feel really self-conscious about having my BAPS, love that word, on display, <laughs> but I love this bra, and for once, it's designed to be seen. I also had a lovely lady come up to me and tell me I was stunning, and I said thank you, rather than freaking out. How often do we do that when someone gives us a compliment, like, oh no, no, don't, I look awful, or, or oh, my dress is cheap, or do you know what I mean? We always do that, so well done, Becky, I'm so proud of you. That's brilliant take the compliment and also give the compliments like if i see somebody who looks beautiful wonderful confident whatever i will go up to them and tell them because i know how it feels to receive that compliment so go Mm. and tell someone today go and tell someone they look great or they look happy or something wonderful go do it yeah it really does make a difference so um well done becky and let's all try and be a little bit more becky this week thank you so much for listening and remember to mark your calendars for our live show so excited the show will be in west london on friday march the 3rd so don't forget to put it in your calendars we will chat to you next week but in the meantime check out our instagram at go love yourself pod and our facebook group go love yourself community if you want a bit more go love yourself action in the week but until then we will see you later we love you bye crowd network a place where you belong